Hi guys, welcome to the Traveling Twin Podcast. I'm your host Rachel, aka The Traveling Twin. For those of you that don't know me, I'm an international adventurer and credit card enthusiast who started traveling at just 18 years old and since then I've been to 13 different countries and I'm here to help you do the same. Whether you're 18 like I was or 65, male or female, I think that everyone should have the opportunity to travel and see this world that we live in. On this podcast, we're going to talk about everything from traveling on a budget and maximizing credit card benefits to how you could go on killer trips every single year and so much more. This is a podcast and resource for anyone who wants to see the world, but also wants to do it as strategically as possible. Since I've been planning trips for over seven years, you can trust me to give the inside scoop so that you, your spouse, your family, and your friends could get going. Ready to dive in? Let's do this. Three, two, one. Italy! Part two. <laughs> Isn't it technically part three? Technically it is. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, part technically. Three. <laughs> oh wait, oh my gosh, it is part three. Yeah. Okay, it's Do part it three. It's part one of Rome and part three in general. So good That's catch, right. Kelly. It's okay. We'll leave it. We'll see if that kept them on their toes. <laughs> So, okay, today we're back to finish the Italy trip. If you guys listened to part one and part two about the Amalfi Coast, then you know that we went on a two-week trip where we started in the Amalfi Coast and we went to Positano, Praiano, um, where else did we go, guys? Sorrento. Sorrento. Na- uh, no, not we did Naples a day trip, yet. Uh, well, a boat tour off of Amalfi. Yep. And then that was pretty much it. And now we're getting into the second half of the trip, more the city life where we went to Rome, Florence, etc. Today I have on the same two guests from last time. Callie, you want to say hi? Hi, guys. And Dorian. Hello. (laughs) So we have two, well, technically three total out of five of us who went on the trip. The two missing are Darm, who was also on the first part of the trip, and Dennis, Dorian's friend, who only met us for the second half of the trip. Dorian, do you want to tell us a little bit about Dennis, just so everyone knows who else we went with? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Dennis is probably my best friend since about third grade. Uh, we've basically been best friends our whole lives. used to hang out at least once or twice a week, and then eventually... Uh, he got a job over at SpaceX, and we don't really get to see each other that often anymore. But he had the opportunity to not only take time off, but also do a little bit of a work uh, trip over in um, Europe while we were going to be staying in Italy. So he snuck away for a little bit and got to spend some time with us while we were out there as well. So yeah, shout out Dennis. Yeah, it was honestly awesome, I feel like, to have him on because for those of you that don't know, Dorian has a really big friend group that he grew up with, that he swam with, and there are like 12 or 13 of them, right, Dorian? Absolutely. It's it's like pretty big, and without Dennis, honestly, I feel like it hasn't felt like your your group. It hasn't felt the same without him, so I feel like it was nice that you guys got to not just catch up like you normally do when you see each other, but actually hang out. Yeah, usually when Dennis comes home uh, to visit, we don't really get the opportunity to 
just hang out. It's a lot more catching up, how you've been doing, this, that, the other thing, just because when he's over in California, there's a three-hour time difference, so we don't really talk throughout the day. And now that he was there with us in Italy, it was a lot more lax, a lot more um, kind of like the good old days, not really focusing on talking about uh, what, how's work been and this, that, and the other thing. We just kind of got to goof off and enjoy a new country. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it was super fun. All right, so let's just get right into this trip. So this part of the Italy episode is going to be a little bit different than how we did the first one or the first two parts, rather. Those two parts, we did it very chronologically. Today, we decided we're going to talk in categories. So specifically, we're going to talk about food first and then the historical day, all of, you know, the landmarks that you would expect to see or want to see in Rome. And then we're going to talk about our day trip to Florence and our wine tour, Trastevere, and me and Callie getting a spontaneous tattoo. (laughs) Callie's doing a little dance. She's excited to tell you guys about that. So let's start with the food, guys. I feel like we should start by talking about the pizza that we had in Naples because we basically went to a place that's super, super famous If you've ever watched the movie Eat, Pray, Love, Julia Roberts goes and has pizza at this restaurant. And so we were really excited to try it. It's actually called Da Michelle. And when we were in Amalfi, our driver also told us about this pizza place. So by the time this day to Naples actually came around, we were dying to try this pizza. Let's start with Dorian do you want to tell us about the process of getting the pizza and all that? Because it's not really like calling and ordering a pizza like you would at a normal pizzeria. Yeah, so there was basically two options that you had, and that was either to do the sit-down uh, or the takeaway. Uh, if you did sit-down, then there's no point in waiting the takeaway. But if you do takeaway, you're not allowed to do sit-down. Um we tried to do both and found out while we were waiting in line for takeaway that we really couldn't. Um, but that's okay. We're happy we did takeaway because it ended up being probably half the amount of time it would have taken if we just did the uh, the sit-down version. Inside the restaurant, there's not even too, too much uh, places to sit either. There's only about anywhere from 8 to 10 tables each sitting between 2 to 4 people. Um, I think most of the restaurant is based off of just pumping out really, really good pizza. And there's more of like an in-and-out cycle of uh, customers sitting down too. Like it's not your traditional Italian restaurant where they're going to kind of take everything's lax and easygoing. It's a very hustle and bustling spot. Yeah, Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. And I feel like they don't even have that much seating in the restaurant either. They had, what, maybe like six tables, eight tables? Yeah. Absolutely. Really, mainly, I would say there was at least 40 people outside waiting for the pizza. Most, oh, most, yeah, more, yeah, more, yeah. more. I feel like. It was crazy. It was a big line. And apparently it was the shortest people had seen it in a while. <laughs> Which is nuts, because how long did we wait? I don't know, maybe like 30, 40 minutes? Yeah, I feel like minutes. that's right. It didn't feel too, too long. No, but we also weren't starving yet. Yeah. So I feel like that's, that's why it went by kind of quick. But so then Dorian, you went to get this pizza and we ordered two marinara pizzas and two, what is it called? Margarita. Margarita pizzas. Yeah. 
And Dorian got a beer and we got sodas. And then Dorian and Darm had their first bite. And Dorian, tell us what you thought. Tell us about the experience. So let's start off the difference between a margarita pizza and the marinara pizza. We started off with marinara, which is basically just a sauce pizza. But still at Don Michel's, it was probably like the freshest pizza I've ever eaten in terms of a just sauce pizza. And then on top of it, after we got margarita pizza, which me and Darm, we split both pizzas, but we did the marinara we did the marinara pizza first, and then we went to the margarita after. Margarita pizza in the United States is a little bit different than uh, margarita in Italy. Margarita pizza in the United States is like slices of tomatoes, where margarita pizza in Italy is what we would call just cheese pizza with more fresh mozzarella, I would say. But uh, me and Darn started off with the marinara. Overall, it was pretty good, fresh taste. We were pretty hungry already so that kind of like skewed our opinion about how good it was because we were like oh yeah this is great this is great and then we also paired it with some beers which are fantastic peronis after that we uh we went ahead and tried the uh the margarita pizza and holy shit was that the best pizza i've ever had in my life like by far by far best pizza what made it the best Overall, I would say the fact that, one, it was cheap. Um, I'm a huge proponent for, like, content of food versus cost of food. Like, physically, how much of a volume there is and how much does it cost. And for five fifty, we got probably a 14-inch pizza. And it tasted really fucking good and really fresh ingredients. You could tell, like, the, pre- the pizza itself was very fresh. So all those things put together made it, like, one of the best pieces I've ever had. So what would you rate out of 10? 9.9. Well, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. 9.9. Callie had a different experience. And the only reason I knew was because usually Callie really... I love You're... food a lot. You like food. Yeah, you like food. And me and you are both the same where we're not really quiet. Mm-mm. We'll share our opinion. Mm-hmm. And so we're eating this pizza. Darm and Dorian are having a heart attack about how amazing it is. And I'm sitting on my luggage because we're eating this on the sidewalk. They have no tables outside, which kind of sucks. They definitely should. But we're eating this on the sidewalk, sitting on our luggages. And Callie's silent. And I'm thinking to myself, why is she so quiet? so quiet? I, I didn't want to ruin it for everyone else. <laughs> So which, it was just minding my business. Which I knew. I knew. I'm like, the only reason that she'd be quiet is because she doesn't like it. She doesn't yeah. agree, but she doesn't want Dorian and Darm to, like, she doesn't want to take away from that I don't experience. Think, yeah, it was more you. I don't think Dorian and Darm <laughs> were going to care if I liked it or not. <laughs> but you were so excited about the pizza. I know. Um, so, okay. So what did you think? What was your experience? I love a good street pizza in my little New York heart, but it... Okay, the ingredients were fresh and delicious and very clearly, like, high-quality food, but the dough was so soft for me. I don't like a soft pizza. I want it to be crispy and have, like, a good little, good fold, good crunch to it, Um, and so it wasn't my favorite. It was good. Give us the rating, Callie. I wouldn't wait in line a second time. I think it's worth going once. I think I rate it, like, honestly, a 6.5 in the Cali pizza universe. (laughs) 
big, big discrepancies here. Yeah. It wasn't for me. A little controversy. It wasn't for me. I like New England, New York pizza. Uh, more Roman style, I guess, than uh, Napoleon style. Mm-hmm. Maple style. So I thought that it was good. I feel like I'm between you guys and how I felt about it because I definitely thought that, like Dorian said, the cost is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. I've never gotten a pizza for the equivalent of six bucks. This was like five euros, 550, I think. It's the equivalent of six or seven US dollars for, I would say, a small, between a small and medium pizza was the size. And I thought that that price was fantastic the ingredients were also super fresh it's very simple cooking there so it's it's really simply a good dough a good sauce some basil and some mozzarella it doesn't seem like they use a ton of spices or anything like that very simple focus on freshness so I loved that I also love when my pizza has like that black charcoal on Mm -hmm. it and you know it was wood fired so loved that I didn't think about the crunchy pizza thing until Callie said it, and then I was like, okay, that's actually true. I liked that it was doughy. I don't need it to be like a flatbread crunch, but I need it to be in yeah. between, so I do wish it was a little bit crunchier. So I'd give it, I'd say an 8.5. Mm-hmm. I, I, again, I also wouldn't go out of my way to go there, and if I lived near there, I'd probably get it every once in a while. I don't know if it would be... My number one place, except for maybe because of the price, but not because of the weight. So I know me and Darm nice. disagree. Yeah, you and Darm. Yeah. I don't know if you remember this, Dorian, but you made a pretty strong statement that day because I said to you guys, "Could you guys eat this pizza every day for the rest of your life?" Yep. And you said yes. Yes, sir. You still you you're sticking to that. Yes, sir. If that was the only pizza I could ever eat, it'd be that pizza. Did you need? Wow. Do you need like it's crunch or no? No. No, I don't think so. All right. Okay. I don't think too so. Too doughy for me. Yeah, a little bit too doughy. Okay, so now let's talk about the first dinner that we had in Rome because, so I'm going to get a little bit into the pastas first. I don't know if any of you have watched the series called Searching for Italy with Stanley Tucci. If you're into Italy or you're a foodie or you love history or a mixture of the above, I highly, highly, highly recommend this show. Um, Stanley Tucci goes to all the different regions in Italy and he'll spend like a day in Rome, a day in Naples, a day in Florence, Amalfi, like all these different places. He'll talk about the history and he'll try a bunch of food. And one of his first episodes was in Rome where he tried the four main Roman pastas, which are the cacio e pepe, which has, I think, Parmigiano, Reggiano Mm -hmm. and pepper. And then the carbonara, which everybody knows is egg yolk, cheese, black pepper, and pork cheek, which is kind of like bacon. The grichia, grichia, I think it's pronounced with tomatoes and pork cheek. And then the amatriciana, which is the same thing. I always get the grichia and the amatriciana mixed up, but those are basically the tomato-based ones. So, the first day that we got there, that first night, we were super excited to try the food, but mainly the pasta. Mm-hmm. So, Callie, what did you order and what did you think of it? I got some hot takes about Italian food. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, you do. I ordered the cacio e pepe. It was not my favorite. It was not bad. It was good. It was, I mean, pasta is pasta. It's always delicious. Um, I thought I had more cacio e pepe, like, elsewhere in Rome later on that was better. This one was a little bit dry, like it needed more creaminess to it. 
need mm-hmm. a little bit more of um, like pasta water or whatever the liquid is they use. It was thick. It yeah. It was very like dense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, the noodles there aren't like you typically like a basic noodle here <laughs> would be spaghetti, I feel like. This yep. was a thicker noodle like spaghetti, but thicker than that. Yeah, like linguine, but instead of being flat and rectangular, it was round. Mm-hmm. Like a fat spaghetti noodle. Um, <coughs> it was not bad. It was delicious. I mean, it's it was good food. Um, I liked the wine there a lot. That, that's my favorite thing in Italy is the wine. Um, yeah, nothing nothing crazy, nothing awful. Dorian, Pretty what did line. you think of the food that night? The first restaurant, I think it was a little different than what we were experiencing on the Almafi coast and a little bit of a nice switch up, but it wasn't anything to be like taken aback by. Uh, I think the food was really, really good, but I don't think it was anything I'd go out and seek again. Mm-hmm. Type deal. Do you um, remember what we got? Right, I, I think we split two different pastas. I think it was a carbonara and something else. If I'm not mistaken. Amatriciana. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think anything that night was really particularly amazing, but I don't remember anything being bad either. I think mm-hmm. overall it was a pretty solid dinner, like eight and a half out of ten. Right. Type deal. The only thing was I feel like it was good that me and you were splitting pastas because the carbonara was very heavy and creamy, and I kind of needed a bite of acidity. So I feel like that Matriciana was that acidity, and it was nice to go in between the two pastas. Mm-hmm. If I had one or the other, I don't think I would have liked it as much. I liked the variety of me and you sharing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always like sharing food with you. That's smart. I don't know if we talked about this yet, though, but I'm, I'm a vegetarian, so I'm going to pick oh, yeah. like, all the boring food. <laughs> Oh, yeah. We, we definitely should have said that before. Yeah. So my uh, menu options are a bit more limited. So my, I don't know. I didn't get to try as many things, I guess I should say. Good point. Good point. Yeah. That was the only of the four main pastas you could try. Exactly. Too. Yeah. So, and I, I don't know if you guys remember this, but I was also embarrassed <laughs> that night by our waiter. Yeah. Fucking American. <laughs> Rachel goes to order a Fanta. You want to tell it, Dorian? Sure. Um, so Rachel is ordering her drink, uh, and she keeps trying to order a Fanta, a Fanta, as we would say here I said, can I please have a Fanta? And the waiter didn't understand, because obviously he doesn't speak English that well. He's also not used to Fanta being called Fanta. So I go, Fanta. (laughs) And he goes, oh, yeah, Fanta, Fanta, no problem. He literally didn't just, understand me. Yeah, he was, he was genuinely I was shocked. He, like, he wasn't he wasn't faking. He wasn't acting to be funny. He literally didn't know what I was saying. Yeah, and it confused you because you had ordered Fanta before in Italy, and it was fine. For, like, a Fanta. week. Yeah. Yeah. And then I forget who, but somebody said fucking American. Dennis. 100% Dennis. Dennis. Dennis said fucking American. And the waiter just started dying. Yeah. Oh, my God. He became our boy after that. It was the joke of the night. I think he came back and made another joke about me later. Because we all had ordered a bottle of wine to split, and you said to not give you a glass. And he said, oh, American. Yes. Oh, yeah. And then he said, fucking <laughs> you Americans again. Because yeah. I wasn't having wine. The one night I wasn't having wine, too. So I looked like a child, and um, yeah. Big foreigner, big foreigner. So whatever. That was a pretty good place, though. But the Fanta story 
is what I'll always think of when I think back to that (laughs) first dinner in Rome. So then after that, we went to that famous Cacio e Pepe place, which was called Felice da Testaccio, which is, I think it's near Trastevere. It's in Rome. That place is all over TikTok, all over Instagram, Reels, you name it. And obviously their most famous dish is the Cacio e Pepe. So Callie, did you order that? I think so. I, we ordered that as well. Did you like that one better? Definitely, yeah. I mean, I don't think I love cacio e pepe when it comes to pasta. I don't think I do either. Um, I prefer, like, a saucier sauce. Um, that was definitely better than the first one, though. It was a little less dry. Like, I think the first one just had more parmesan, basically. Yeah. It was, <laughs> like, it wasn't it, as melted. You're right. It didn't have enough water, yeah, honestly. Yeah. Um, the other one was really good. Um, I don't know. Not much to say about it, I'll, honestly. I'll be honest. I don't remember the restaurant. Really? Because I have yeah. a video of you eating the cacio e pepe and you loved it. But like Your you, eyes literally can widened. You just, can you describe the area? Like, which restaurant was it? Because we had, you know, <laughs> restaurants, yeah. we, we went out to eat a couple times and a lot of the restaurants Every sound day. the same to me. Um, that restaurant was the one where we sat outside and we ordered a million things and you had like a meatloaf or some type of meatballs and then you had the pasta with me too. Me and you got so much food. We tried the, the Roman artichoke. I got salad, green, Callie got green beans too. You got two entrees. If I'm not mistaken, this is the same day that we went to the Colosseum and the Vatican. Yes. Yes, yes. Okay. yes it is. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. <clears throat> I love this restaurant. This, this restaurant was awesome. The wine was fantastic. The food was great. All the pastas were superb. Um, me and Dennis, uh, he actually got a meatloaf and I ended up trying it. But it, like the meats that I got there were the best meats I've got gotten at any other restaurant up until that point in Italy because I for some reason couldn't find like one good like beef meal that was like a hearty like more American style beef and I found one at that restaurant being the meatloaf on Dennis's side of the dinner table but um, the pasta that we got was amazing the cacio pepe I think was the best one at that particular restaurant mm-hmm. um yeah, it was definitely the best cacio e pepe we had. Like, I could see why it was famous. Yeah. The other cool thing was you mentioned the wine. And did you guys notice that at that restaurant, they had, you didn't have one server. So, like, you had one person who was taking everybody's orders in the whole restaurant. We were sitting outside. So, in the whole outdoor section. And then they had someone who took your drink orders. But if you wanted wine, one lady who must have... Oh, that's what it's called? There's mm-hmm. a name for that? It's a wine expert. Smallier. She, yeah, she came over and she, she talked with them. She talked with Dennis about the wine. I think he loved that. Oh, he did. He, he definitely loved it too, which yeah. is great. Um, yeah, I don't know. I loved... Uh, shit, I forgot what I was going to say. Hold on. Oh, you brought up the green beans. Oh, yeah. By this point, I was dying for protein, so I saw... Uh, Fagioli, however you pronounce it, on the menu. And I thought it was gonna be like, like olive oily, like three bean salad, <laughs> like protein beans, and it was green beans, and I was sad and not fed protein. The green beans were pretty good though. They were all right. They weren't they, bad. I was just disappointed that they weren't what I thought they would be. 
we, that was me being an idiot American. Didn't we also get an appetizer that we didn't really... The artichoke, oh, Dorian. Yeah, we tried yeah. the Roman artichoke, I believe. We wanted to try, I realized later, the Jewish artichoke, which is a fried artichoke that you get in like the Jewish parts, I guess, of Rome. So I think Trastevere is one of those. We ordered the Roman-style one by accident. I don't know how it was cooked, but it definitely wasn't fried. It was, like, baked. It was, like, baked in, like, olive oil. Yeah, yeah, a lot of olive oil. Dorian, have you ever had an artichoke before that? Cause I yeah, I've had didn't. artichoke a couple times, and I like it. Like, a good artichoke dip. Um, oh, artichoke. yeah, that's true. I have You know what that. I mean? Yeah, uh, but stuffed never, artichokes. I don't think so I've good. ever had, like, the whole heart of an artichoke on a plate just, like, boiled in oil. Right, that's mm-hmm. literally what this was. I did not like it. I think we both had one bite of it. No, I probably ate like half. I think you might like stuffed artichokes. The probably. One my aunt used to make for that's, us as kids. Yeah. Those are good. <laughs> that sounds yeah. good. Nice artichoke crab dip. Mm. Yum. Yeah, that actually does Yum. sound good. So overall, I think the best things there though were you guys loved the wine. Was that your favorite wine? Um. I don't think so. But it was great. All the wine was great. We're in Italy, so I'm not surprised about that. There yeah. was not a single wine that I had that I didn't like, but it definitely was my favorite one that I sticks think out. I have my favorite red there. Yeah. Yeah. The one that Dennis ordered. What and about it? You guys said, I remember Dorian, you specifically being like, this red wine tastes different. There was like an aftertaste or an oh, end note very, that you loved. It was very full bodied, but like. A lot of times when you drink red wine, especially in the United States, it's like a very either sweet at the end to the point where it feels almost like an artificial sweetener or it's so dry that it feels acidic. This was like a nice in-between where there was like a light sweet vanilla but very dry still at the same time and the aftertaste was very smooth and not, I don't know how to describe it. It didn't feel like I was drinking wine. It was almost like I started drinking wine and I finished off with juice. Okay. Overall, would you guys recommend that restaurant? And would you recommend the pizza restaurant too? I know Dorian would, but Callie. I think it's good to try at least once. Yeah. Um, I think other people might like it better than me if they just have different tastes in pizza. But it's a, it's the classic, famous, traditional naples pizza so definitely think it's worth a try for sure what about the pasta place yeah i loved it it was great we had a great time i would recommend the pizza place absolutely um the first pasta place that we had the first night i don't know if i'd recommend that one particularly it was okay I wouldn't either. It didn't I think we stick had, out. The we one had a great did, time there, but yeah, it didn't stick the out. The one that we did that we had like the, the Roman style artichoke and all that. Yeah, I'd recommend that restaurant 100%. That was a fantastic restaurant. I'd give that one a nine. And, eh, no. No, I'd give it a nine. Nine out of ten. Cool. All that right. a good restaurant. So I feel like the last restaurant that really stood out that we have to talk about is Dorian's favorite restaurant. We have it here in America, which is amazing. <laughs> Dorian? Mickey D's. <laughs> the golden arches themselves. So we saw McDonald's dotted all around Rome. Dorian was so excited every time he saw it on a map. 
So after, I think, the second day that we got there, which is our historical day, we finally stopped at McDonald's so Dorian could try it. <laughs> it's not worth it. It wasn't as good as the States. Nope. Italian McDonald's is not as good as American McDonald's. American McDonald's has preservatives and flavor. <laughs> a little extra grease for you. A little extra, exactly. They leave some of the grease just because uh-huh. you know you want some. No, but Italian McDonald's was d- different palate, I think. That's what I'd like to tell myself. But it just wasn't as good. All the flavors were off. None of their beef tasted like beef. Really? Yeah. Like I said earlier, I think the restaurant that we were at um, before we were, we got to McDonald's, that was probably the first time that I was like, wow, that's just like, this is beef. Like I can eat this and be like, that's beef. Right. Yeah. It was definitely fresher. They had fresh squeezed orange juice. They had a better yep. McCafe. Yeah. That's what I will say. They had a better McCafe in Italy than they do in the United States, but... It had a ton of pastries, like a, t- a very wide selection. It was all sweet. It was all sweet breakfast. That the it was. It I was do sweet half the of the stuff thing. was Nutella filled. Yeah. I sometimes will, even though I love sweets, I don't know. I'm not a huge pastry girl. I can't so, do it first thing in the morning. Yeah, I think I got a plain croissant and I didn't eat it. And then Dorian made us all get the fresh squeezed orange juice because he was obsessed with that. It was delicious, just too yeah, pulpy. Yeah, it was, it, I mean, but they they take two oranges and squeeze mm-hmm. them suckers and then just put it in a cup and give it to you. That's fresh squeezed. Sure is. It was. Yeah, I agree with you, Kelly. It was too, pul- too, too pulpy. Too pulpy, yeah. I'm a pulpy. big baby yes. about pulp. I'm um, big on pulp. I had the fries. That was my breakfast. They were cardboardy because there was no grease on them or salt. They were just very boring fries. What a breakfast. Ugh. Oh, I had I had a McDouble for breakfast with a croissant and four glasses of orange juice. <laughs> he had four Fresh glasses squeeze. because he convinced us all it's only five dollars or five euros. What the hell are you talking about? It was, it was like, like, it was like two it. It, it was, was so less good. than two. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah it was cheap. like a dollar a cup or a dollar. I think 50. it was a ploy because Jesus. the second that we all tried it and we're like, it's good but it's too pulpy, Dorian's like I'll have all these. <laughs> I'll, drink, I'll drink it. No problem, yeah. So, yeah. So. A little, much, a little too much sugar for me in the morning, though. Yikes. Right. Agreed. And then, do you guys remember the, the guy that was outside of the McDonald's that day? Mr. Viking himself. Scary man. He looked like an avatar to me. He looked like the last airbender. He, uh, I saw him come in earlier asking for a cup. I didn't really think anything of it. I was like, oh, dude, that's a dope fit. And then when we went outside and me and Darm had to change uh, T-shirts because Darm wanted to change into, I think, long pants. Yeah. Was, yeah. He, he was wanted to change either in or out or of long pants uh, in preparation for the heat and or the Vatican. And we swapped shirts. And in the process of doing so, the Viking, I think, got upset with us or with us just being there and American and tourist. And then he, I think he spit at us. Yeah, like towards us. You guys like we were by. more aware of he that definitely than I was. Did. I have no idea. Because you were in the front with Dennis and then Callie, Darm and I were in the back. And I think he was, I think he was mad because we didn't give him any money and we walked by. So he said some words that might have been Italian, 
Might have no. been a totally different language. Might have been Nordic a made up language. It was kind of scary. It was like cursing well, was, under his breath. Yeah, he was sitting there Elven. in like a yoga pose with the best posture I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh my gosh! Yeah, he was like in some, a yoga pose. Yeah, doing. He was some probably mumbling. off of some Amanita muscaria, getting ready to go into battle. <laughs> he looked like he was spiritual and just vibing, and then he starts like chanting under his breath got a little and aggressive. spits at us. Yeah. So yeah, that was fun. Maybe he casted a spell. Maybe who who the heck knows. So then that day was our big historical day. So that day we were up from, I think, like 5 a.m. to late that night because we wanted the Trevi Fountain, Spanish Steps, the Vatican, and the Colosseum all in one freaking crazy day. So let's talk about the Trevi Fountain first. Callie? Well, we're getting up at the crack of dawn. Which is not something I'm very good at. Because um, we wanted to get there, what, like right before sunrise? So we ended up getting there a little bit after sunrise to try to beat the crowds for photo taking. Um, the fountain itself was beautiful. The crowds were already there. <laughs> they were already there. and it, But it was shocking to me. Actually, no, I lied. It was shocking and it wasn't. Because all of our social media before we went, people are like, oh, go before sunrise. But then you got to think when they post that on social media and it goes viral, that means that everybody's seeing it and everybody's going to take that advice. So the Trevi Fountain was not on like a main street like you would expect because that's what I expected. It's actually tucked away in like in the middle of a bunch of narrow streets in Rome. So we're winding through these narrow streets. We're walking. The sun had just risen maybe five minutes ago. And we hear some people talking, but I didn't think it was going to be crazy. I could hear the water running too. And then we turn this corner and boom, there's the Trevi Fountain with hundreds of people. Not packed all the way, but definitely like 60% of what would be there on a normal day. So me and Dorian tried to take some pictures. That was so much fun attempting (laughs) to take good pictures at the Trevi Fountain. (laughs) It's hard to take them without people in the background. That's the struggle. It is. And we also had overlooked the fact that we would look extremely tired. So in Dorian and I's pictures, our faces are all puffy. And I was a little bit disappointed because I'd had this vision of, oh, me and Dorian are going to take this great picture and we're going to blow it up and we're going to frame it and put it in our living room because currently above our couch, we have just a white wall. So I was like, okay, this is the perfect spot for a cool picture. And it just, the universe was not giving to us that morning. So I don't think I'll ever show anyone those pictures. Maybe of the Trevi Fountain alone, but not with us in front of it. And I'm mad that I was tired and grumpy and didn't even think to take our, to do our Lizzie McGuire moment and make a wish. Oh my God. I literally, I can't even believe that because... (laughs) Like, how did that not, how did we not think of that? What's the point if you're not going to make a wish? I, I don't even know. And the funny thing is that I didn't even realize that we didn't do that no. until you just said it. I know. It took me a while. It took me like until the, the end of the day or something to remember it. And then I just didn't say anything. So I was like, well, too freaking late now. <laughs> how did we not do that? We were on some it, low vibrations that day. It feels <laughs> that morning. That morning for yeah, sure. not the rest of the day. It honestly feels like we missed out on doing like a bucket list item. We saw we it and we didn't do it. 
gotta go back to Rome. Oh, well. It's kind of like if you, like, say that you went to Greece and you really wanted a euro and you just didn't get didn't one. your euro. You just forgot. Like, you, oh, I can't believe we forgot that. So now we all have to go back to Rome. Mm-hmm. Or we're all damned because we, because we didn't get, we didn't get luck. So then we went to Vatican City. I feel like Dorian, this is this is your topic to start with, honestly, because sure, you sure. love the history stuff. <clears throat> Indeed, I do. I think the Vatican is, if you're going through Italy and you're stopping in Rome, you have to see the Vatican, regardless of your age. Maybe as a young child, you might not be able to appreciate it as much, but uh, regardless of your age, race, religion sexual mm-hmm. orientation whatever like is it's a very uh densely populated with history in one lo- in one location i think we had a couple of different um uh between the group we had a couple of different favorite uh exhibits mm-hmm. but i think one kind of stuck out to all of us the most and that was the the Sistine Chapel. The Sistine Chapel. But that wasn't really an exhibit, per se. It was more like a stop. Yeah. Like a stop. You had to go through City. exhibits to go see the Sistine Chapel. The Sistine yeah. Chapel was gorgeous. Yeah, it was Absolutely beautiful. gorgeous. What do you guys think? What do you guys think of the Sistine Chapel? I thought it was awesome to see. Um, I've studied the Mike, Michelangelo's work in the Sistine Chapel a bunch of times throughout school and art history stuff. Um, but you only get to see it in little, like, segment pieces in your textbook. So it was nice to be able to be there and take it all in. And take the ever. whole story in because I know I haven't really taken that many art history classes. So I'd seen some pictures. I feel like everyone's seen pictures online. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know until you guys told me that in the center there's a picture of Jesus and no, Adam. God. And Adam. Adam and God making contact, I'm pretty sure. With their pointer fingers. Super cute. And then, how, how are you supposed to look at it, Dorian? Because isn't it supposed to tell a story? From top down, left to right, I want to say. All the way from that point where I'm pretty sure it's Adam making contact with God all the way past Jesus' crucifixion. Yeah, which is super cool. My only complaint with that was, regardless of the fact that everyone has to see it, I feel like they need to figure out a better way to corral people because mm-hmm. everybody's trying to go in there in a line and then you get in from this narrow hallway and you go into this big square room where it's just a mass of people in this room. And obviously, it's not really great for traffic when everybody's looking completely up. So, yeah, trying to squeeze by people who are literally just standing there looking up. There are also security guards walking around making sure that people... Don't take pictures, but honestly, I saw this one woman take a video for like three minutes of the entire top, and her hand was all the way out recording, (laughs) and they didn't get her until then. So I did feel like it was kind of hard to like move around because of how many people and just the nature of the situation, but other than that, I thought it was really, really cool. It's a little claustrophobic, but definitely I think it was crazy like how long it took him to... Like, finish the Sistine Chapel on top of the fact of being a turtle. <laughs> Shut the what? fuck up. Michelangelo. I'm talking about Michelangelo, like the Ninja Turtle. 
Oh, I never watched Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh my god. Dude. Half the show was, is Michael based off was of really him. busy painting that roof and being a Ninja Turtle. Yeah, dude. Like It's a busy lifestyle. How does he have time for all this? I'm 25 and look at me. I don't, I'm not even fully licensed. Running around HVAC. the sewage system of New York. These guys are painting chapels. And fighting crime. And eating pizza. Mm-hmm. You gotta step yep. it up, Dorian. I know. Maybe he'll take an apprentice. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that could be cool for you. <laughs> Alright, enough jokes. <laughs> okay, so guys, besides the Sistine Chapel, which I think we can all agree was our favorite favorite, what other exhibits did you like and what did you not like? Because I felt like after we visited here, it was we definitely had some differences in opinion. Dorian? I think my favorite exhibit was probably the uh, the Egyptian exhibit where they had the mummies. Mm. They had probably the oldest ar- artifacts there. But it was also a little disheartening, like being in the middle of Italy and you have Egyptian mummies and you're like, why are these here? Yeah, I didn't know How anything did about... How did they get here? And after a little bit of research, I found out they were all basically like... I guess you could call them gifts slash tributes from missionaries, Christian missionaries sent over a whole bunch of artifacts while the Vatican was being built, I believe, in the late 20s, up into the 40s. So, yeah. Stolen art. It's stolen art. Stolen. I love Egyptian history. I would love to go to Egypt one day, especially when it gets a little bit safer. So I was so excited to go into this exhibit. We're walking around and we see this mummy. And usually, you know how a mummy is still in its tomb? Like either the tomb is shut. Yes. Or it's like cracked open a little bit. This one, the sarcophagus was separate from the mummy. So the mummy was literally out on display, full body shown. And I thought that it was cool, but then Dorian and Callie, Callie was like, I can't even look at this. I'm just, I was just a bummer again. <laughs> well, I didn't know anything <laughs> no, about the Vatican but... before going, honestly. Truly, I just knew that it was like a religious mecca, basically. Um, and I didn't realize it was basically a huge museum of borrowed artifacts. Borrowed. And so it just felt a Air little quotes. bit icky that someone's body is not where it was meant to be. Right. But that was a really good point because like... When someone is, you know, put in their final resting place, whether that be in the ground, in a sarcophagus, whatever you believe in, it's usually under the premise that that's your final resting place. And no one's going to dig you up or supposed to find you like they're supposed to leave you to be in peace. So it kind of was sad that now here's this person that was supposed to be buried and left alone and now they're on display for thousands of people to see every day, not even in the sarcophagus, like outside of it in a glass case. And you know that that person couldn't give permission either. Right. You know what I mean? I think the learning about history is important, and um, I don't know how... I mean, there's lots of ways to do it besides having it done this way. It just felt a little disrespectful. Yeah, no, it did. And there wasn't just one mummy, there was two. Mm Mm-hmm. So that was kind of crazy. Dorian. Mummy. <laughs> thanks for that, Dorian. But what else did you guys like to see? My favorite piece of artwork was the one of King Sobieski 
and his army defeating the Ottoman Turks in the Battle of Vienna. It was very inspiring to see the Husada and the Cossacks defeating the Ottoman Turks. It was it was an amazing painting, and me and Dennis are Ukrainian and Polish, and to us it was a very, uh, very beautiful and very awe-inspiring painting. It's my inspiration for my next tattoo. Okay, so overall, we had a pretty good time at the Vatican. Definitely a very historical day. The artwork was cool. Kelly, you liked the tapestries too, right? Oh, yeah. I work with textiles, so it was really cool seeing like how well they held up over time. Um, and like the weave and everything of them. Mm-hmm. All the seamstress nerd shit. Right. So that we spent a lot of time at the Vatican, too. There's so much yeah. to see. So I feel like if you're planning a trip to the Vatican, you definitely need to save at least a couple of hours. Yeah, it's a long maze. It was pretty exhausting, honestly, going through the whole thing. It was. And it was hot. So the other thing that we didn't talk about was they do have usually a pretty strict dress code where people have to cover their shoulders and you can't wear anything shorter than above the knee so originally I was wearing a dress when we got there and then I put on a long skirt and a shirt over my um, dress which looks pretty crazy but just because I want to cover up and you know dress appropriately and modestly and and then we get in there yeah it's 95 degrees and a ton of people are wearing hats that they're not supposed to be wearing shorts Mm-hmm. skirts i wore long pants that whole day for no reason because i think they were making an exception for the heat they must have been i don't i don't know why else they would have because online it sounded like they were pretty strict about it so yeah so then after that we went to the coliseum dorian what did you think of the coliseum the coliseum was very impressive crazy to think that they used to hold gladiator battles over there um i think first he went to go see the roman ruins mm-hmm. oh i forgot about honest, those i don't think that the roman ruins were all that like awe-inspiring or very interesting i think that might be because the co- or the um the vatican might have tainted the I guess the surprise of it just because they already had a bunch of roman architecture and statues and along with greek architecture and statues so for me it wasn't like crazy i guess you could say yeah i could have just seen it from the street and yeah happy. it would have been the same me too i the I coliseum didn't... though was awesome it was very very cool to go in there and see everything and kind of yeah. just take a step back and be like holy shit i don't know if you touched on this how we got the tickets for all of these Oh, yeah. So we got an all-inclusive package for all those. Actually, Dennis found it. I think it was about 60 American dollars, and we got to get into the Vatican, the Colosseum, <coughs> the, <coughs> the Roman ruins. And the other cool thing was, like, a lot of people outside of the Vatican were waiting in this ridiculous line in the heat. No one was even standing in the line. People were, like, asleep or laying down in this line to try and to get into the Vatican for free and like also not realizing that once you get into the Vatican you still have to go through you still have to give your tickets and you still have to walk around so sitting outside all day just so that you don't have to pay I'm guessing 20 to 30 euros if you just paid for the Vatican Mm -hmm. seemed kind of ridiculous but I would highly recommend 
a package like we did. Yeah. Because then we didn't waste any time. We weren't in any lines anywhere. We had a specific time. We were supposed to be at the Coliseum in the Roman Ruins and a specific set time to start getting into the Vatican. But other than that, we really didn't wait in any lines. No, it was pretty quick. Which was good. What did you think of the Coliseum, Kelly? I thought it was awesome. Honestly, it was really beautiful. Um, big, large piece of ancient building, honestly. It was really cool. Right. And I hadn't known until you told me, Dorian, that day, I think it was you, that the Coliseum was actually double the height beforehand. Yeah, it was much taller, much larger. It got destroyed a little bit during, uh, obviously, over the time period. But also, I believe in World War II, it got destroyed a bunch, too. Yeah, which is crazy. So Because, like you guys said, it's so massive when you see it anyway. Mm-hmm. So the fact that it was double the size is just wild. The other cool thing is that they have half of the floor is open, so you could see what was under the floor. And there were a bunch of little rooms and, like, stalls underneath the Coliseum where people would fight, where they kept livestock and, like, they would get everything ready for the battles. And then you could also see the actual ground where the battles took place. Yeah. So cool. cool. Definite uh, spot to hit if you're in Rome. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. So then after that, we kind of got our history fill. And we were ready to drink. (laughs) So we found this wine tour that was in Florence. And we took a train from Rome to Tuscany. I think it was maybe like a two-hour train ride. Two, two and a half. half, Yeah. It was something like that. It was definitely a little bit longer, but it wasn't too bad. And we headed into Florence to spend a couple of hours. And then we went on this like five or six hour wine tour maybe i think it was actually longer where we went to two vineyards so what did you guys think of florence especially compared to rome oh florence was really cute i liked the little city of it cleanest city we were in yeah oh good point i didn't even think of that of of, uh, graffiti and least amount of trash it was the city i felt like the most safe in Mm. to be fair about the trash in danger but yeah it was August, so I feel like there was probably a lot of people off that are on, mm-hmm. uh, like, trash duty, usually. That's a good point. I didn't think of that either. Yeah. yeah. Florence did so feel know. very clean. I also felt like before then, where we were in Rome, it wasn't that busy. Mm-hmm. We were kind of in more residential area and not really touristy. So I feel like that's why we were kind of getting a taste of everyday life where mm-hmm. we were in Rome. And then we went to Florence which is, you know, one of the top cities in Rome. I would say one of the top two. People love Rome and people love Florence. So, you know, for the first time, we're in the heart of a city that's everyone's coming to visit. So it's super clean. Yeah, I liked the markets there and bopping around all the little shops. Oh, I loved the markets. Do you guys remember that chocolate store that we went into? I loved the chocolate Mm -hmm. store. Oh, my God. I thought that they had the best marketing ever because do you guys remember we literally saw like the chocolate fountains in the beginning got pulled in. You come in, see what the heck is in this store. You see the fountains and then there's a girl there and she's got samples and she's like, do you guys want a sample? And you're like, of course, why would I not have a sample? And then you try it. It's amazing. You walk to go and look at how much that is to buy it. 
And right next to it is another sample. So they just get you to go through their entire store eating samples and spending money, pretty much. Yeah. They they also have fantastic hospitality, though. Oh, yeah. Like, they're so nice in that city. It's kind of (laughs) weird. What do you mean by weird? Well, the other cities that we were in, I felt like everyone was very casual and normal. And then I obviously had a couple of bad interactions. But I think in Florence, they were very, very kind and very easygoing. Yeah, yeah, they, they were. definitely were. Especially at the chocolate shop. Mm-hmm. Me and Rachel went back like four times debating on getting chocolate <laughs> and then we bought a bunch at the because, end. Well, because like I was like, oh my God, I would love to take this home. Yeah. But then we were like, it's going to melt. So then we'd leave the store and be like, we're not going to get it. And then the boys went to go to a sneaker store and I'm like, Callie, <laughs> I need this chocolate. We did. So then we we're like, let's just get it now and we'll eat it later in the trip. But no. We didn't eat it later in the trip. We ate it, like, four hours later. Drunk on a wine bus. Drunk, yeah. Um, I ate, I think, all, uh, a lot of the chocolate bar. They uh, had more samples of the cash register, too. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, so that's that's what got me. So then I go, and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to get this one thing. So I buy it, and they're feeding us more samples as we're buying it. And then Callie's like, ooh, you guys have chocolate bars? I'm just going to get one of those. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like... Callie, are you going to eat that today? And she's like, yeah, probably. And I'm like, I can't. I can't watch you eat that today. (laughs) I need my own. And she's like, I would share with you. And I'm like, no. Nope. Can't do it. I need my own to be able to eat this chocolate bar tonight. So that's what we did. We (laughs) And I think that the people thought we were pretty funny there. Well, yeah, we walked in and out of the store like six times right in front of them before we actually bought anything. (laughs) (laughs) It was a little embarrassing, honestly. Uh, I had fun with it. It was, it, it was funny though. It was very funny. I'm gonna have to make a reel about that place because it was it was awesome. The only thing is they had kind of crazy lighting. Did you notice? Oh, that? it was just like flickery. It was like yeah, it kept flickering. So if you guys see me put up a TikTok or a reel about this and it's flickering, I swear it wasn't me. It, it was, was the lights. Light bulbs, but yeah. it, this place needs to be shared. Okay, so what about the wine tour? Let's talk about the the first place. This was my favorite day in Rome in the Rome section. I think so too. Yeah, it was it was a very fun day. I think the first place the the guy giving the wine tour, I liked him a lot more mm-hmm, than the agreed. second place, but I His liked the wine at the second place more than the first place. Agreed. I don't know. <laughs> really? Ah. I honestly okay, I was already by the time we got to the second place, we're a few glasses in. So I feel like that may we were have, tipsy for sure. Uh, maybe exaggerated my enjoyment a little bit, mm-hmm. a little bit. They were both delicious, and I'm not a very good judge of wine. If it's if it's wine, I like it. I agree with that. Yeah, I thought that the first guy that led it, he seemed like a genuine guy. Like yeah. he had a pure heart. He was kind of goofy. He was kind of funny. He took a cork and popped it at one of the wine tour people of a bubbly wine and he was just funny to talk to like he came around our table after when everyone's trying stuff he's like what do you all do for work he connected with dennis because dennis works at spacex and he was just he was very personable and it didn't feel like he was talking to us to be a salesman yeah he was a good salesman. That's all that matters. He was a good natural salesman. Yeah. But I don't think it was I don't I think he had pure intentions. Yeah, it wasn't like taking advantage of. Like it was like if you want to buy it, buy it. If you don't, you don't. I just want to connect with you guys and I love my job and I'm having fun. I think the only thing I didn't like about these wine tours is they 
they both started it by saying the faster you drink, the more you get. No, you don't get no, more. They said that. We got both nothing of them extra. said that. I made it a point to drink quick at I the first very place, fast. and I got I got a couple people upset with by me. <laughs> Mainly the person that was sitting to the left of me, Rachel. I don't know who that was. <laughs> Why was I upset? I don't with think you? she's because I was drinking the wine too fast. Because they would literally pour it, and I'd be like, "All right, gone." Listen, if oh, you're yeah, gonna tell chug. us, if you're gonna tell us that if you drink fast, you get more, obviously yeah, we're gonna drink to get... fast, right? What do you expect? Freaking but then they don't hammered. pour you more. Really, yeah. So don't really, fall for it. Just trying to get you hammered. It worked. The first place also gave us like a decent little snack, and they had vegetarian stuff, which was good yeah. for me and you. Yes. I don't really. I'm picky with meat. Callie doesn't eat meat at all. Dorian also or Darm. Kind of eats meat. Kind, no, he doesn't. He do, Darm doesn't eat meat either, yeah. Darm also doesn't eat meat. No, he doesn't eat meat. And then Doreen does. So we had some, like, little bruschetta. It was yeah. good. It was nice that on the bus they came around and asked if anyone has any dietary restrictions or preferences for the food before we even mm-hmm. got to the vineyards. Um, I appreciated that. Me too. I thought that was cool. So then we went to the second oh, one. Oh, wait. I liked our wine tour guide not at the first or second one but on the bus oh yeah he was great oh he was good you yeah. connected with him after uh-huh. me and him started talking about trump and andrew tate and the new world order and shit like that it's fucking like, how do you, how do you bring that up with someone that you just met don't worry like how did that come it's up just boys like boys would just like look at each other would both be buzzed and we'll be like eh. and be like eh. and then all of a sudden we're talking about like politics so it's the caveman grunt that does it? Yeah. Mm, that makes sense. Little, Girls little, don't do that. We don't do the, the head, caveman little, grunt. Little nod, you know? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I don't know, you're talking about, like, the last G20, you know? I love that. Yeah, that, sound, that sounds pretty cool. The second wine tour, or the second place, yeah. it was, clearly was a like bigger a, place. Yeah, it looked... Um, like classier i guess you could say it was just like really really pretty you could probably have a wedding there you could tell like when the guy when we came in and the guy said that he was an owner and that his family had owned it for generations i was not surprised Mm. i definitely immediately got that vibe and the first one you can tell was a lot smaller even walking in like we got to go in the barrel room for the first one and it was small mm-hmm. like our tour was probably like 50 people maybe and we were all stuffed in this barrel room this other place now we know they distribute wine and they could even send it to the u.s in crates and i'm not surprised at all that production is that high yeah, that they, they can do that i think that they have like a warehouse in chicago or something too right <laughs> yeah i think he had more locations in italy as well oh definitely so then which okay. which one was your favorite wine out of both places? Okay, so the thing with the wine in Italy is I'm not a white wine drinker ever, and I loved their white wine. So I don't know if it was def- like between the two vineyards or if it was just I suddenly love white wine, but not American white wine ever. It has to be Italian. It wasn't – like here I feel like it's really sweet. Um, and like heavier than theirs, theirs was really refreshing and light and delicious. It was crisp. Yeah. It was super crisp. I feel the same way. I used to love white wine and then I kind of got away from it. Definitely a red wine drinker here in the States now, Mm -hmm. but in Italy, you're right. Especially when we were at the beach in Amalfi, the white wine was really hitting. It was It was so good. So because of that, I think I preferred the first winery more 
because I have this newfound love of white wine and I just liked theirs better because the second place um, their white wine had like a peachy flavor to it and I just don't like peach. I just mm-hmm. happen to not like that flavor. Yeah, their rosé was really peachy too. I really liked the rosé mm-hmm. with the peach so I bought actually two bottles of that and then we tried two reds there. The first red didn't stand out too much to me. The second red which was the guy's favorite, the like what is it? Not owner the tour guy. guide. Yeah, the owner. The owner's favorite. When we drank that, I thought it was phenomenal. It was really good. I thought it was so good. And, of course, this bottle was 60 euros. He And he, he was very us. smart. This guy was also really good salesman, I would say. Because when we came in, everybody's already tipsy from the first wine tour. And you sit at your seat. You have a big plate of food with a folder where you can write down notes and where every single wine is split up into categories of the type with the price. And he goes to us, so here are the prices for the wine. Shipping is included. Taxes are included. Anyone who gets a crate of 12 gets a five-year membership where you get 30% off wine for five years. So we were all like, dang. Like, not bad. And he, and he named, he could ship to, I think, like, 48 out of 50 states. So it was mm-hmm. kind of crazy. We were like, okay, okay. And then we tried this wine. And, of course, me and Dorian were like, oh, the red is so good. And we tried, all of us, especially Darm, to get us all to come together to buy at least, I think we would all need to buy, like, three bottles to get a crate together. But we just couldn't do it. So we ended up getting, I think four bottles together i got two rosés me and dorian got the fancy red that was Mm -hmm. the owner's favorite to split on our anniversary which actually is the exact day that our this episode comes out october 3rd so dorian happy three year happy three year baby i love you (laughs) and then callie also got the red did Did she have my mama I was going to say, did you drink it yet? Yeah, we opened it the day it came in. <laughs> um, it was really good. We enjoyed, Oh, my grandma also had some with us. It was delicious. Um, it was nice to be able to share that with them. Was it as good as when we had it, though? No. That's what I need to know. No? I didn't find it as good. <laughs> probably because I wasn't, like, already a little tipsy from the other wines that I'd had that day. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's great. Like you were saying, it's a great sales tactic <laughs> to get us drunk. It was so much fun, honestly. We had a great time. It was so fun. Dorian, what did you think of the wines? Which one was your favorite? I think the wine at the second location was superb to the first location. And my favorite wine out of them all was the one that you described earlier. Um, the one that the owner was like, this is my favorite wine. Yeah. We ordered a bottle of that for a three-year. And I'm very excited to open it and try it. Me too. I really hope it lives up to it. But I tried the rosé that I thought was super peachy that we had on my birthday like a month ago. And I didn't think it tasted peachy at all when I had it. Yeah, I wonder if it was just a different batch. Or because I had COVID, maybe I was like, oh, like I lost my taste. Maybe it's affected mm-hmm. now. But I felt like the the rosé was like overwhelmingly peachy there. Yeah, it was the point where I didn't like it. To me, it was like white grape juice, but you, peach. You probably couldn't taste it because of COVID. I think it was probably because you were still recovering. Yeah. What a bummer. I'm sorry. Well, I have one more bottle. Did you bottle. try that one, we'll see. Did you try that one? Uh, on our first day? I don't remember. No. I don't think so. No. It was probably the COVIDs. 
he was the- he was grossed out because I opened the bottle of wine, and then I lost the cork, so I just put it back in the fridge with no cork. So then he wouldn't have it. <laughs> okay. The bubbles were gone. Do you not? Oh, it was a bubbly. Okay. Yes, yeah, there were no more bubbles. Do. She no. left it with no. It wasn't a. Bu- it wasn't bar. bubbly, was it? It was not a bubbly wine. I was about to say I don't remember it being bubbly. It had not some all rosé is bubbly. It had some carbonation. Do you not have a stopper? Oh, I do. And okay. I bought three say, in <laughs> Italy, and I forgot about it. So actually, okay. now you don't have to do that ever again. So Florence, I would say. Even out of Florence and Rome, Florence actually ended up, I think, being better to me. I think I liked Florence more. I don't know. I loved Florence. It's not against Florence. I just really liked, especially Trastevere and Rome. Yeah, Rome felt a little bit more like like a bigger city to me, and, and I homey, love a big city. Homier. Rome did. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit more uh, resident, familial, I guess you could say. Right. Exactly. Dorian, what about you? Rome or Florence? To me, Rome felt very, not like, I, I don't like cities, and mm-hmm. I, I disliked Rome. That's fair. You know, I I think Rome had its its highs and lows, but Tris, uh, the Trastevere area was the nicest part of Rome. But even compared to Florence, like, Florence was beautiful. The amount of, like, gorgeous churches they had, and, like, the markets, and yeah. all this, I don't know. I really enjoyed Florence. I wish I think if we went back, I'd probably rather stay in Florence for a longer period of time than Rome. Me too. And Rome around like the Tuscan countryside. I feel like definitely I want to do a northern trip at some point. Mm-hmm. We totally forgot to talk about gelato, you guys. Oh my we gosh! Food. Okay, let's include it with Tristevere then. Yeah. Go uh, ahead. Tristevere was so cute. I loved it. It was um. So, like, kind of how Manhattan has different neighborhoods, like Soho and Tribeca. It's just a little neighborhood in Rome. And it was, I don't there's, like, vines all over the buildings there. There's people hustling, bustling on the street, but, like, calm, casual style, not rushing anywhere. A uh, bunch of little restaurants with little outdoor tables. It was just a gorgeous little place to walk through in general. I feel like Tristevere is the perfect example or, like, the epitome of what you think of when you think of wandering around Rome. Mm-hmm. When you see videos on social media, I feel like it's it's Tristevere. Mm. Because like you said, like the vines, it's very picturesque. It's very romantic. That's exactly how it felt. And there were a lot of really famous restaurants there too. Mm-hmm. We tried to go to one that I had on my list. The one that I was actually the most excited for, which was Da Enzo All 29. Um, if you guys are listening on here, I got to tell you something. I know I'm in marketing. I know I do websites, so I'm biased. But if you're going to be closed, you have to put a pop-up on your website. Like, I don't <laughs> care how famous you are because we walked all the way over there. We planned to go there and we had read that they didn't take reservations. So it wasn't even like we would have mm-hmm. gone on to make a reservation and not gotten it. Like, it was like the website didn't have any reservations to start with. So all it had was information about the place. So we walk all the way there to go. Or no, did I make a dinner reservation? No, I, I didn't. Did, yeah. I didn't. I just seen on social media that we should be standing there by 7 because it opened line. at 7 for dinner. Mm-hmm. So we went to go stand in line. Turns out 
there was no line because the doors were all shut. It was like a big garage door that was shut, car parked in front of it, and it said it was closed until September 5th. They were on their August vacation. And it was heartbreaking to me because Mm -hmm. we definitely heard about the August vacation thing about how a lot of Italians go on vacation during this time. So some of the restaurants would be closed. But honestly, I really didn't feel like we ran into too many places like that. So I wonder if a lot of the places that we went to or maybe some one or two maybe um, just had their like B or C chef on. Because their A chef was on vacation. It could be. And maybe it that's why could be. I was not like falling in love with my pasta. There was also um, Asteria mm-hmm. Al Fortuna or something yep. like that. It's also another famous one. That one was closed. But they had a pop-up. So like I knew that they were going to be closed. It could be. You're right. It could be that. Yeah. But honestly, something tells me even if they had their B or C chef on. Yeah. Not to be like... Not to be a jerk, but I kind of feel like the pastas especially were very simple ingredients, so I don't know how different a C chef or a B chef would make it versus an A chef. I agree. Unless they put, like, their own flair onto it that someone else didn't. Yeah. So... It it wasn't necessarily to our taste because we're so used to the highly, like, seasoned American Italian food. Right. So, So, yeah, I was definitely sad that that place was closed because... Wanted to order a lot of food there. But instead, me and Callie ended up deciding to spend money on tattoos. Yeah. That was fun. That was fun. Honestly, before we even went, I had thought, like, oh, Callie and I got tattoos in Bali. Like, maybe we'll get a tattoo here. And I knew if we did, I would either get a lemon or an outline of Italy, like the country. So then we were walking by a tattoo shop. We just, just happened, happened upon to be. it. The fates aligned. And we looked at each other and we were like, tattoo? Yeah. And Kelly was like, yeah. And then Dorian thought about it for a second and he and then he was like, no. I thought about it for a little while, but to me, I don't think it was the right time or place for me to get a tattoo. But, mm-hmm. you know, as long as you guys were happy with the outcome and you enjoy your tattoos, I fully support your decision to go get one. Yeah. I, Thank you. We questioned it for a second. We had a moment of hesitation, and then we ended up going through with it, and I feel very happy about it. The vibes definitely felt weird at first because we went in, and we're talking to them, and they're like, I swear that they said that they could only take us if we had cash. Yeah. I mean, there's also a little bit of a language barrier. So right. So maybe we misunderstood, but it definitely seemed like it was cash only. It definitely only. seemed like it was cash only. And so we went to the ATM and we're walking there. And like, I could tell that me and you both were kind of uneasy and we're like, we honestly don't want to pull out cash. The fact that it's only cash is like, yeah, feels kind well, of like a sign to not get it. Exactly. It felt like a sign. It was our last day. We were already just like had blown through all of Broke. our money that we had saved for this. Yeah. Um, and the tattoo shop already had a minimum. So if you had to go to the ATM, we were have to, we we're gonna have to pay basically an extra sixty euro or sixty dollars each. Yep. Um, just for the like transaction fees together. I think it was like sixty dollars total, but at that point it wasn't worth it to us because we were getting small tattoos my tattoo i think they quoted 80 dollars because they looked at our designs first mine was very simple i like like simple kind of outline tattoos Mm -hmm. thin lines 
And so mine was going to be 80. I think yours was 100. what? 100 yeah. they quoted. So then we were like, do we really want to go and pull out money from the ATM and then have to pay an extra $30? Yeah. So it was that just means, enough to push it over the edge, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, especially in price. Like I was like, Above okay, I'm not really like I'm willing to pay 80 because my tattoo is what? One by one, I'd mm-hmm. say. It's fairly small. Yeah. Uh, it, yours is more outlined, like you said. Mine is like of a cut lemon, so it's right. Uh, and I wanted shading and more so shading, a little bit more detailed, right? But that just felt like pushing it over the edge for the price that we mm-hmm. were willing to pay. So then we were definitely nervous. I don't know about you. I was nervous that to go back because so I yeah. didn't want to. I didn't want to like upset them. Yeah, and feel like they wasted their time because they did draw quick the outlines. I think when we left, they, they had been them. working on it, so we knew they were already like working on this for us. So right. We felt so a little then guilty. it felt bad, and then the fact that we're also foreign. And, you know, you don't want them to be like, oh, my God, these stupid Americans <laughs> say they want a tattoo and then now they're backing out. So we go up and I'm like, hi. And I explain to them, I'm like, this is going to be more expensive for us because if we pull out money with the exchange rate, we also get charged like 13%. So it would be an extra $30 each. And we this the last day of our trip. We just like don't have the money to do that. I'm so sorry. And they literally said okay, and yeah. then we start turning around to walk away, and they're like, where are you going? Yeah, there's definitely a language barrier going on here. Yeah. Um, and they were really nice, though, and they are like, don't worry, it's okay, we'll, do, we'll take card, no problem. Um, and I don't know about your guy, but my girl was really, really nice. I had a great time with her. Yeah, my guy was really nice, too. So then, so yeah, then we, we went in, we separated. I went with this guy who, it turns out, did all the fine line tattoos there. But he also mm. had some really cool tattoos that he was drawing and he was doing. Yeah. So he had, like, a giant dragon that he did on someone. He had another um, kind of, like, outline of a face that he wanted to do on someone else. So we were talking a little bit. I warned him, too. I was like, whenever I get tattoos, I talk a lot mm-hmm. because otherwise I'm just, like, sweating here. Yeah. So me and him talked for a little bit. It was super, super quick. And then I went in to, for, to see Callie before hers. Yeah, because mine took a little bit longer. Um, yeah, I can't remember her name right now, so that's bugging me. We had a great conversation, um, and she, I think she just really loves doing shading tattoos, because she was having a lot of fun. Um, I have a high tolerance for pain, so I think I was maybe sitting, and I don't think I look like I might, so I think I was sitting better than she expected, Mm. um, and she kept, like, she was doing more, not more than I asked for, just, like, more than I had expected, I guess, in a good way. That's Um, good. And we were just talking about how she loves like art loves to draw i was asking how she got into this she used to work a different job um yeah and she just was like smiling like she was just really i enjoyed the energy in the room that's so nice mine was a little bit more like formal like transactional Mm -hmm. almost yeah where we talked for like a few minutes but my tattoo baby took like 10 15 minutes not even so we didn't really have time to get into it i also kind of felt like he wanted to focus he was very proud of all of the drawings that he had on the wall though and the tattoos that he had done but i'm glad that you guys had that connection because that's always nice so the whole time that callie was getting hers i was sitting out in the front office by myself and for those of you that don't know (laughs) i think i have eight tattoos now so I think I have a pretty good idea of how long a tattoo takes. Yeah. And the fact that this tattoo was taking over 30 minutes was really bugging me. Um, I can also be a yeah. little bit paranoid 
in some situations. So I would have felt the same in your shoes. I if you was were the one like, in there. the other thing is, if you go to a tattoo parlor, you hear the gun. Like you hear the tattoo gun going. You can hear it. It's usually pretty loud. I did not hear the tattoo gun at all. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear you guys' conversations. The door wasn't open and the room was right there. Mm-hmm. So, and, but I couldn't see the doorway. Yeah. So I was kind of like a little freaked out because I'm like, did they like take her? Like what could have <laughs> happened? And I'm like, okay, I was giving myself a time too. I'm like, okay, by this time, by three o'clock, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to tell him like, I just want to see my friend because they had also said to us that they didn't want two people in the room Mm -hmm. which usually i feel like they don't say that in in the u.s in my experience it's only if it's like a boyfriend Mm -hmm. because they get weird sometimes so they just don't want weirdness right but this was like no extras this was like i i just wanted to like sit with callie like instead of sitting outside just like waiting it would have been cool to see it and see her getting the tattoo but they didn't want it so then i started thinking overthinking matter-of-factly that like why why yeah. didn't they want us together why couldn't i see it why can't i come in so when meanwhile Kelly, i'm just vibing yeah meanwhile <laughs> just Kelly's having, having the best time. time of her life i'm like sweating i'm like i can't lose Kelly in italy right now <laughs> so then it turned out fine though the guys ended up coming and then you came out and your lemon was so cute Yo, and so cute too. and then it felt like we made a good decision yeah, I feel very content with it. And now it's a tradition that every time we're in a foreign country together, we have to get a small tattoo. Yeah, we're going to have to travel together every few <laughs> years then. Because <laughs> I'm running out of spaces because it's I don't okay. like mine very visible. Visible. Mm-hmm. I get them in like different spots so I can hide them when I want to, unhide them when I want people to see them. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know what I would get next. But we're planning on doing a girls trip, just me and you, to Paris probably next year. Next year. Next I'm so fall. It's gonna be so fun. And so we're definitely gonna have to think of some cool tattoos for there. If my mom's listening to this, she's gonna be really mad at me for this. Cause I just dropped the bomb on my birthday. I waited until my birthday. Yeah. And I was people my family was asking about the Italy trip and I'm like, yeah it was good, blah blah blah. And I'm like, I actually got a tattoo. And my mom's like, she always has the same reaction. She's like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. yeah. The first one for me, my mom was, well, I didn't tell her before I got it. So she, and I also got it in Bali. Um, so she didn't love that one. But this one she got a warning text for. She doesn't approve, but she doesn't have many opinions on it beyond that. My mom is either a super good actor or she just, she's always amazed and shocked She's always, she, yeah. Shock and author. So, yeah, so she was just very shocked. But, yeah, sorry, Mom. This is now, I guess, prior warning that we're going to be getting a tattoo next year. I think I'm going to do a saying in Paris. I like that. Something like that. I got to think on it. We'll see. Not, like, too generic. Not, like, say la vie. But, <laughs> you know, something. Something cool, cursive, kind of like the Latin one I have on my back. But yeah. we'll see. It's a fun memento. And you're right. Back to the gelato, though. Yeah, That's the last food we didn't talk about. Gelato. Dorian. Gelato. Dorian, what did you think of the gelato? We'll let you talk now that we went on and on, on and on, on about, about our tattoos. I think the gelato there was really, really good. My favorite, personally, being the mixed fruit, or the mm. mixed berry. Um, I think, overall, gelato's pretty good. I think it's especially good if you have like lactose intolerance um i had no problem eating anything over there in terms of lactose 
including the gelato. So, um, yeah, I like the gelato there. I would agree that the fruit one was amazing. That was my favorite one, for sure. There, When we were in Tristevere, we went to this one place. Was it a place that you found? Yeah, that was called, it was called Odaleg. Oh, yes. It's gelato spelled backwards. So um, good. A friend of mine had recommended that to me. It was really good. That was the only place I didn't get a fruit one. That was the place that I did get a fruit one. Mm-hmm. And I got three fruits. I got strawberry grape, which was, I would pay if you... I would pay $50 yeah. to have a half gallon of that. I tasted that one of yours. That was delicious. The strawberry grape was ridiculous. I also got like a dragon fruit one and I think a raspberry one or a blackberry one, something like mm-hmm. that. But the strawberry grape stole the show. I literally made every single one of us try it. Yeah. And we were all like, holy crap. I think I got tiramisu and I didn't like, I'd rather just have real tiramisu. Yeah. I don't, I think I prefer fruity gelato flavors as opposed to like not fruity ones right my thing though is like at the end of a meal i do love chocolate so i usually love something chocolate so i was ordering the chocolate ones and then because dorian had kept only ordering fruit and they were so good i was like this is my last chance these that place had a huge selection of fruit ones so i was like okay I'm just going to do it. And I was so glad I did. Mm-hmm. It's cool, too, that they split the gelato into sections. So there's one fruit section with, like, eight to ten flavors. And then one section of everything else. That's, like, eggnog, vanilla, tiramisu, that's hazelnut, I pistachio. I got an eggnog also. Oh, or egg cream. Was it the egg cream one? Maybe egg cream. It's not egg something. Something like that. It, they both just were my favorite. I just Ice cream, I prefer, like, chocolatey-type flavors. Gelato, it has to be fruit. I've right. learned about myself. Right. Yeah, I would say, I think for anyone who's planning a trip to Italy, though, you should probably try both. Mm-hmm. And if you want to do the most famous flavors, I would definitely do some type of red fruit one. And I would also do hazelnut and pistachio. Mm-hmm. Yes, I like the, the pistachio a lot also. I'm trying to think. No, I think that that was pretty much everything. Overall... I'm glad that we split the trip up into the Amalfi Coast and the city. And I think Mm -hmm. next time I would definitely want to do Northern Italy trip and focus more on Florence. If I went back to Rome, I would spend more time in Tristevere. Agreed. Agreed. Because that's where we kind of found that on the second to last day where we were tired. We still had to pack that night. So we didn't get as much time as I would have liked there. But there was, like, street performers there. There were a lot more people. Like, it felt more lively. Yeah. So I wish that we had been able to go out at night there. True. Yeah, we didn't get a very good going out night in general while we were in Rome. Right. Um. So it would be something fun to do when we go back. Yeah, I loved it. I love a city. So, I mean, I don't know which was my favorite, beach or city. But right. it was a really nice balance to the trip, I think. So, Dorian, what would you give the Rome portion of the trip overall out of 10 i would say including food tourism uh everything all together probably an eight Mm. yeah i would give it an eight out of ten all Um, right i would separate florence and rome Mm -hmm. i think florence itself is a much nicer cleaner more aesthetic city 
Um, but I think Rome has a little bit more of a nightlife and a little bit more of like a hustle and bustle to it. You, you know, I think I'd go back for sure, but I don't think I would um, go crazy over it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Callie? I loved Rome. Um, I'd probably rate that a 9 out of 10. Moods were high. Vibes were high. I had a great time. And I love a city, so it's not surprising for me. I think I'd rate it eight and a half out of ten. I kind of wish that we were staying in Tristevere. Mm. I think that could have been more interesting as well, just because it kind of felt like we were on the outskirts somehow in Rome. It we felt like in, we were living there rather yeah. than like staying there. Being, yes. So we stay in a district called Prati or Prati, something like that. P R A T I. Tristevere was, I believe, a district south of us. So that's the only thing is I wish we were kind of more like into it. I wish we could have gone out, spent a little bit more time in that neighborhood. But other than that, all the historical portions were good. I felt like we got a good snapshot of the food. Loved the gelato. Yeah. So yeah. Next time I would, now that we've seen the historical stuff, I would skip that and spend more time just going out and exploring. Just enjoying. Yeah. yeah. Just enjoying instead of the hustle and bustle of trying to see everything and fit everything in. And running around with other tourists. Yes, exactly. Okay, well, thank you guys so much for coming back on for the second portion of this. Don't worry, guys. This isn't the last time you're going to have Callie and Dorian on here. (laughs) Callie and I have also gotten a trip to Bali that we'll be talking about soon. So much fun. We'll talk more about our tattoo in Bali. That one was pretty interesting because it was getting a tattoo in a third world country by a 20-year-old. So we'll talk about that a different time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Callie's first tattoo. So that'll be a cool story. And me and Dorian definitely have some other stories as well. So thank you again so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this. And we'll see you guys soon. Bye. If you liked what you heard today and you're looking to dive right into the next tips, tricks, trips, and stories, you can head on over to the next episode. If there isn't one, do not worry. I'm going to be releasing one episode every week on Wednesday mornings. You can also like or leave a review on this podcast if you really want to show your support. You can feel free to share on social media and you can give me a follow on all platforms at thetravelingtwin.com. Thank you again so much for listening. I love you all and I hope you have a great rest of your day. See you soon.